1: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton.
2: And I'm Natish Pahwa, and you're listening to ICYMI, in case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture.
1: And today we're joined by another friend of the show, Slate staff writer, Natish Pahwa. Natish, hello, welcome back.
2: Hello, Rachel. So happy to be back, as always, it's always <laughs> so much fun being on the show.
1: I feel like I just show you things that you don't know about, despite the fact that I know you spend as much time as I do online. And it's always fun just seeing what's going to surprise you.
2: Oh, totally. I mean, it's such an expansive world, isn't it? And we need to show each other what we have found, respectively. Otherwise, what's the point?
1: What a great day for you to come back. Nothing at all is happening in the news today, right? It's super chill, super calm.
2: Yeah, I don't think any major media figures have lost their jobs. um i i think everything has been like pretty quiet on this monday
1: Mm-hmm. yes also like you just said it's a monday so i'm sure the following discussion we're about to have will be slightly outdated by the time this episode drops on wednesday but i simply have to discuss this with you tish tucker carlson <laughs> being unceremoniously dropped by fox news don lemon also being let go unceremoniously though maybe more (laughs) ceremonious than his notes app explanation let on what is going on right now what is in the air right now
2: hey don't forget uh james corden and carpool karaoke also fully ended like officially that is a thing that also happened today we needed three right we needed (laughs) three things to fall and we figured it out
1: good news Always comes in threes, I guess.
2: <laughs> it's something like that, yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like I just need to read the statements by Don Lemon and CNN, respectively. In a statement written in what seems to be 40-point purple font, Don said, I was informed this morning by my agent that I had been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to do the work I have loved at the network. It is clear that there are some larger issues at play. With that said, I want to thank my colleagues and the many teams that I've worked with for an incredible run. They are most talented journalists in the business and I wish them all the best. This was tweeted at 12.14 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, At 12.59 p.m eastern time cnn tweeted don lemon's statement about this morning's event is inaccurate he was offered an opportunity to meet with management but instead released a statement on twitter like the <laughs> girls are fighting right now
2: <laughs> i need like a 24 hour you know TikTok of what's going on at cnn right now i mean it seems like it's been pretty messy there for months now but Don Lemon releasing a statement on Twitter instead of meeting with management? What fueled this? I feel like this is coming so late after the actual Don Lemon controversies.
1: Yeah, I just don't know what caused this (laughs) exit. And I also want to know what app he used to type this statement because I've seen a lot of notes app apologies. This is not a notes app statement. Where did you type this, Don? And why did you choose purple font?
2: Rumor has it that this may have been done on Microsoft Outlook. But I don't know if that's true because I have no way of personally verifying that.
1: I'm going to take that as fact because that's how (laughs) news works. You tell me something and then I believe it without confirming. And all of this is to say that between Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon and BuzzFeed News shutting down because of a decade of mismanagement by people who don't understand news, this week is really giving, brought to you by HBO and Jesse Armstrong,
2: you know? True. It's just all around. Nice little big oris of a digital and broadcast media drama right now. It's great. I'm here for it.
1: I'm positive more news will drop about Tucker and Dawn in the next few days and weeks. But in the meantime, we have a show to do. And today's show is brought to you by all of y'all. Because today's episode is a mailbag. After a short break, I'll be back with Natish to explain what happened with that AI-generated Drake Weekend song, why JoJo Siwa allegedly decided to fake a pregnancy, and a West Elm Caleb Redux that took over Twitter this past weekend.
2: Wait, he's back?
1: (laughs) He's not back, but something really similar is.
2: (laughs) Oh boy. All right. I'm, I'm ready.
1: Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available
0: now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: And we're back. We're going to start with the most recent thing, and that is the drama which took over my timeline this past weekend. It involves an influencer some mean girls, and some casual internet vigilantism. Did you see any of this? Or were you just actually enjoying yourself this past weekend?
2: I definitely unplugged, but also an influencer, mean girls, and vigilantism? That sounds like So many internet sagas, and I can't wait to see which one this is.
1: I'm so happy to ruin the piece that you curated this weekend uh, by telling you what happened. On Saturday, April 22nd, a TikToker by the handle at Jackie La Bonita posted a video with the caption, Please be nice. Hashtag Mean Girls hashtag mean girl vibes you're already making a face i love this
2: <laughs> oh my goodness I, I i mean just hashtag mean girl vibes is uh, quite the hashtag i will say <gasps>
1: yeah yeah so i'm gonna play this video for you and it has over 35 million views as of the time of recording so just keep that in mind
0: watch my confidence disappear after these random girls make fun of me for taking pics okay feeling my spice vibes was this necessary? Criminally offensive side-eye starts recording me, realizing they are talking about me, feeling super self-conscious. I wanted to cry."
2: This took so many turns and also I uh, just want to mention that a version of this did come across my TLs this weekend and that I saw the phrase criminally offensive side-eye being used quite a lot and I did not know where it actually stemmed from. Now I know.
1: So it doesn't quite stem from this video, but it definitely, I think, is being popularized by this video. I'm gonna describe what happened for the people who unfortunately are not in the room with me and Tish and got to watch that play out over Zoom. In this video, Jackie, the person posting the video, is, you know, posing at a baseball game, taking pictures, she's posing, she's showing off what looks like a big-ass champion ring. Basically, Jackie's doing what is now typical shit you've seen in the wild if you have ever been in a location that looks mildly photogenic. But In the background, there are two girls who are making fun of Jackie. One of them flips off the camera and goes so far as to use her middle finger to tuck her hair behind her ear. She like nudges her bestie and points out that Jackie is recording. How do we see all of this? Because as you can tell from the fact that we're playing this video, Jackie posts it for her 250,000 followers to see. And she doesn't just post it. She zooms in on these two girls making fun of her, narrates their behavior for the whole world to see. This is a choice. And before we go any further, I have to ask, how are you feeling about this choice?
2: One, there are very high chances that I've been one of the people making fun of someone else (laughs) for uh, recording themselves very conspicuously in a public setting. I'm sorry, I guess, but I'm I'm not really that sorry. It looks a little weird. Let's be real, but um, I don't like to see people about to cry either. I do think perhaps the middle finger and such, you know, there's there's no need for that. But now these people are publicly flamed. That to me is really I I I don't I don't love that. I I don't know if they need a 35 million strong uh horde of. Angry people going after them.
1: Unfortunately, it gets worse from here. So I see this video on Twitter first on Saturday night and the first wave of discourse are people saying things like, yeah, ain't nobody gonna survive if that shit happens to me. And if you go somewhere and you sit behind someone who's trying to enjoy themselves and all you can do is sit there and make fun of them, then your life gotta be pretty sad and pathetic. Or I can't believe mean girls like this still exist. Like clearly y'all peaked in high school. And maybe one of my favorite takes, this is why non-confrontational people, Need a confrontational best <laughs> in their life because the way I would have slid on them girls the moment I heard bitches was being weird. Importantly, I'm leaving out people's Twitter handles in these reactions. Can you guess why I'm doing that?
2: Because you're wishing not to dox them or flame them in front of ICYMI's 35 million listeners?
1: Correct. Because this thing has turned into one of the biggest things <laughs> to happen. On Twitter and on TikTok in the past, I would say, month at the very least. Because, you know, a lot of people learn literally nothing from West Selm Caleb and or are choosing to live out like their high school revenge fantasies. Because by the time I woke up on Sunday, these two girls in the video who were making fun of Jackie had been doxxed. One of their alleged workplaces was flooded with one-star Google reviews in a practice known as review bombing. These reviews named her and demanded that she be fired. Another TikToker by the handle of at Jocelyn X was mistaken for one of the girls in the video, even though she looks, and when I say nothing like the girls in the video, she looks nothing like the girls in the video. The only similarity is that they're Latina, which is racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here's Jocelyn's video.
3: In the morning, there was a video surfacing um, of this girl getting bullied, Jackie La Bonita, um, somehow in the search bar, once you click the search bar, my video was the first one to pop up and everybody was quick to think it was me and my cousin and my sister, the ones that were bullying her. We started getting hate comments. Dude, my hands were like sweating because I was like, what the heck is going on? But what amazes me is that people just kept going at it. It was clearly not me, like we look nothing alike, which is So funny because I'm like, dude, how? Like, this girl and me look nothing alike.
2: Wow. We've literally known nothing, not just from West Elm Caleb, but I think the past decade on the internet, like <laughs> we have been going over this stuff about doxing and harassing people at their workplace and harassing people personally and misidentifying people and signaling them out for all this bullying. This has been going on as long as I've been online, which is eons at this point, And we're no closer to solving it.
1: So true. But also, this situation has given me a small amount of hope.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I know. Everything I've told you so far is bad. However, normally, this would send me into my typical diatribe about, like, internet lynch mobs and how, like, the concept of accountability has been destroyed by the internet. But... About 24 to 36 hours after this initial video got posted, there was a growing backlash, but not against the girls in the video. The backlash was against the mob that doxed those two girls who were being mean. And this is the first time I have seen so quickly. After something like this happens, people turning a corner and being like, stop being fucking weird. So people like Icy my fave Rain Fisher Kwan tweeted, it's so funny how the word bully applies indefinitely and without restriction to two girls giggling at an influencer filming them at a baseball game, but not to any of the thousands of people tracking down their jobs and addresses with the intent of ruining their lives. NBC News tech and culture reporter Kat Tinbarge tweeted, personally, I think it's alarming that people film in public spaces so frequently now that there's a chance you'll be in the background of someone's viral video and other people will go viral analyzing your behavior and then people might identify and harass you further. And there are like a lot more in this vein, more than I've ever seen this close to an inciting incidence, all kind of taking aim at the fact that we As people existing in public spaces are now supposed to be fine with appearing in an infinite amount of content to be used in ways that we never consented to. And if we don't perform in the exact way the filmer wants, we're liable to end up in the center of a harassment storm, which is pretty fucking dark if you think about it.
2: Yeah, it it feels very much just one more point in kind of like the paranoia of America, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, in addition to... Obviously, all the guns, all the um, harassment, Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. other like weird dangers looking around the surface. We now just have all these cameras that are filming you constantly. I still remember when you'd have those gimmicky Twitter, Instagram accounts. It might turn out that you've been accidentally caught in the background of one of them. Like I remember this very specifically, Michigan State University Banana Eaters, a Twitter account of, (laughs) you guessed it, Banana Eaters. I was not a banana eater on there, though I love bananas. However, I just have to be in the background of a different banana eater and then that became a whole source of like, oh my god, look, it's in the background of this banana eating and that was fun. But now, it's like, oh, if I'm in the background of this video, I, I don't know. I, I could be tracked down.
1: Yes. And your job can also be found. It's wild. A reporter at BuzzFeed News, also rest in peace, named Clarissa Jan Lim, named this phenomenon panopticon content. And I think that kind of perfectly captures how dystopian this is. Like, two girls' lives are being ruined right now because they responded in what is objectively a petty way, but to being filmed without their consent. And instead of this TikToker nutting up and confronting them about being bitches, she decides to unleash the full force of the internet on them in this weird display of feminism. I don't like it. Also, we used to have a name for this practice. It was called photo bombing, and people didn't get docs for photobombing.
2: Right. Photo bombing used to be fun. It could be like a little whimsical thing you'd do, you'd end up in someone's family photo album on accident, but it'd be something you all could laugh about for years to come.
1: Unfortunately, or depending on how you feel about this fortunately for my mental health that's all the time we have to talk about this <laughs> <laughs> we have to move on to our next question which is actually for you tish one of our listeners asked what is is going on with this AI Drake song? And I have the exact same question. Actually, my first question is Is this song
2: good? I'm going to caveat this answer with I am not the biggest fan of either Drake or The Weeknd, so perhaps I'm not the most representative judge of the quality of their music. That being said, no, the song's not very good. It, it's it's pretty generic. It's pretty robotic, monotonous, kind of one note. It is not unimpressive for an AI program, but on its own a good song, I would not call it.
1: I feel like the fact that you're not a fan of them and you're saying that makes your opinion even truer. Because (laughs) if you don't like them, you could be like this mid song sounds exactly like them. But you're like, they're not even this mid.
2: I mean, yeah, look, you know, at their best, those two are undeniable, right? Like I can name handfuls of Drake and Weekend songs I like. But yeah, no, this was not that. I think it could do a good job of mimicking their most predictable traits. But mm. obviously, what you'd normally think of as a good Drake song or a good Weekend song is not their most formulaic output. That is fair. So
1: who made this song? Because it obviously <laughs> was not Drake or The Weekend.
2: Yeah. So it's this person who was on TikTok just a couple weekends ago. It was this account. They're just known as Ghostwriter on all the platforms, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, you name it. It's a photo of someone in a bed sheet and uh, clout goggles. Those uh, old sunglasses Kurt Cobain used to wear with the very dark lenses and the very bright white thick rims and mm-hmm. Um It's those... That were then co-opted by SoundCloud rappers became known as clout goggles because if you were wearing them you were probably searching for some clout. So this person posts this TikTok which before it got taken down got up to nearly 10 million views. It was the person in the bedsheet and the goggles playing their little creation advertising it as this is entirely AI generated The future is here. It sounds like Drake and The Weeknd, and I mean, yeah. If you just like stumbled upon the video while scrolling on your feed, and you happen to catch like a little bit of audio, you weren't really paying attention. I think, yeah, you could probably mistake it very easily for being a song by either Drake or The Weeknd. It is officially titled "Heart on My Sleeve." For a long time, obviously, we've had random ai audio blitzes on tiktok and youtube and elsewhere like i see stuff that is mimicking joe biden's voice all the time or is like having him do the lyrics to boys alire you know another very tiktok viral (laughs) song of course so we've had this thing With AI and these songs and these imitations for a long time. But I think what ended up really sticking out with Ghostwriter's input here is that they'd claimed to make a full two-minute song just straight from an AI generator. And it was doing like pretty much a generated little Drake weekend song rapping Mm -hmm. about and singing about things that they would rap and sing about like Heartbreak and exes and Selena Gomez and (laughs) Justin Bieber and you got a little like tinny Drake voice going on at first like the "Eh, eh," you know rapping style and Mm -hmm. then his little like crooning thing and a little bridge and then the weekend voice I will say does not sound a lot like him but it's again one of those things where if you heard it just like out in the wild, you weren't paying enough attention to it, you could maybe like uh, say, oh, that must be him singing something new. This ghostwriter person who claims to be a former ghostwriter in the music industry, which is where Mm -hmm. their name seems to have come from. And they commented on a few of these videos, which, again, have since been taken down. They were saying, I was in this industry for a long time. I never um, got treated fairly. Their whole point was, we're going to bring the system down. And a lot of people really like glommed onto the song. They were impressed by the length, impressed by the voice imitation, and the fact that it generally seemed to do like things that Drake and yeah. The Weeknd would rap about. And... From there, it completely took off. Now, the song's been taken down from Spotify, Apple Music, and... Uh, a lot of the TikToks have been taken down, obviously. But I mean, there's so many reuploads. no matter what the labels do. This is just out there and it's not stopping.
1: That actually raised the question I had, which is that one thing I know about AI-generated content is that it's usually trained on like huge data sets made up of actual content created by humans. So this was trained, obviously, on like Drake and The Weeknd's discography. That seems like legally dicey. And is that why it got taken down?
2: Well, yeah. So I um, had reached out to Universal Music Group, who, of course, oversees Drake, The Weeknd. The UMG spokesperson said that anything that is training on their artists and their songs to create some sort of likeness is a copyright violation. And that's why Mm -hmm. we are taking this down. Now, I am not 100% certain that legal statute is completely sound for the time being because a lot of this copyright stuff is really being worked out as we speak. And we're not close because a lot of these AI companies just call this fair use. And I think we're not going to see a firm answer as to whether this is officially legal or illegal for a few years yet?
1: Yeah, I think finally one of the most nerdy things about me is that one of my favorite topics is the internet and copyright use because a lot of it is resting on a definition of fair use that has not been updated in a really long time. And we're basically just waiting for a court case to determine... The future of the internet in so many ways. And it kind of just makes me realize that some point in the future, someone could definitely train a robot on hours of my voice and create an AI generated ICYMI. And that's scary, but also I kind of want to see it.
2: Yeah, the, y- there are already a bunch of like, podcast imitations out there right now it's a weird time i think we should uh try to figure out some regulations and all this stuff before we go too much forward because yeah i mean i like my job i I just want to throw that out there for the record
1: and speaking of jobs we do have to continue doing ours but before that we need to take a short break after which we will be talking about those jojo siwa pregnancy rumors And Aaliyah Core, which has literally nothing to do with the singer Aaliyah. Hi, y'all! If you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on the Slate podcast, including this one. You'll also be supporting the show. I see why I would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. You will also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, which is returning so quickly. Dear Prudence, Mom and Dad are fighting. The Waves and Big Moon, Little Moon. You will also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever hitting the paywall. To sign up, just visit Slate.com slash That is Slate.com slash And we're back. Um, Tish, what do you know about Jojo Siwa? I'm always fascinated to know what people in our age group know about this specific person.
2: I mainly know of Jojo Siwa from another now defunct uh, media property, Gawker 2.0, which had a uh, regular update and column on Jojo Siwa (laughs) and uh, her competitions. And uh, I would be lying if I said I didn't read every single one of them.
1: Perfect. (laughs) That means I don't even really have to explain too much. Uh, Mostly because explaining who Jojo Siwa is is impossible to do without sounding 100 years old. So apologies, fellow kids. Jojo Siwa is a 19-year-old influencer (laughs) whose career started on Dance Moms. She used to exclusively wear her hair in an extremely tight ponytail. She loved glitter and pink shit. She came out as queer in 2021. In 2022, there was an extremely messy love square with her and Avery Cyrus and some other people whose names aren't important right now, so I won't be mentioning them. But what we're here to talk about is not lesbian drama, though that was fun. The pregnancy rumors that have swirled around JoJo since late last month, this had a lot of people shook. a lot of reasons one jojo's 19 i think that's enough reason to be shook i'm gonna be honest with you (laughs) but also jojo hasn't been publicly linked with anyone since she and avery broke up at the end of 2022 and because she has said she isn't attracted to men an accidental pregnancy seemed unlikely
2: okay so (laughs) where did the rumors come from
1: so way back in a different time The beginning of March 2023, some photos that look to be from JoJo's Snapchat dropped, where she's like holding her belly and the caption reads, can't believe, with the little pleading emoji face. And if you're familiar with the parlance of pregnancy announcements, this might look like one.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Importantly, none of these photos exist anymore, as is the nature of the internet. So I'm relying on screenshots and an insider article that also could not confirm the provenance of these photos. So take (laughs) all of this with a huge, old, heaping (laughs) serving of salt.
2: This is my favorite kind of uh, rabbit hole drama where the trail disappears. And you're frantically looking for any screenshots, any archives.
1: Well, we have the screenshots. The issue is that screenshots are so easy to fake. Right, so it's just like, yeah. well, could be true. Mm-hmm. Another could be true is a photo that included her holding up a little onesie in the caption read, baby clothes shopping is my new favorite. The thing is, this does eventually get big enough that we have confirmation that JoJo has seen it because she responds in a TikTok where she basically does a kind of universal gesture for LOL. No, and that seemed like the end of it.
2: Which I assume it was not the end of it.
1: No, it's not. It's never the end of it. Because at the end of March, more photos began to spread. Again, it appeared to be a Snapchat story. Again, can't be verified. But it appeared to show JoJo holding her stomach next to a box of Pampers with the caption, Can't Wait, and then another with the caption, Team Boy or Team Girl, which I would hope. Should JoJo ever become pregnant, she would not ascribe to the gender binary. We won't know because she's not pregnant. We don't find that out for a while, though. (laughs) On March 27th, JoJo posts this Snapchat video. This one is verifiable with a friend who's touching her belly. And the friend says, you know that everyone thinks I'm the dad, right? And then in a follow-up post, she shared a screenshot from that video that read, the father of my baby. These are real. We have seen this.
2: (laughs) Wow.
1: So that same day, she posted two collections of photos on Snapchat that showed her shopping for baby clothes and accessories. She later says that she wants to buy the items for any of her fans who are expecting a child and told them to reply to her post that they wanted to receive something from a giveaway. So is this all a scheme for engagement?
2: Was it? I... I have no idea where, where, what to make of this. <laughs> this is this, this is getting, I mean, yeah, faked pregnancy seems like something you do not want to mess with when it comes to your fans.
1: Yes, because it's obviously sparked up a discourse. <laughs> what doesn't these days? People said JoJo is being insensitive and that pretending to be pregnant when some of her fans suffer from infertility issues is just like the worst thing you could do. And this all culminates with a story time where Jojo basically shares what it would be like for her to become pregnant as a queer woman and that her journey would include like a sperm donor or adoption and just kind of talks about the logistics of that for a hot minute.
2: Did she actually go through those things? Was that an account or was that just a hypothetical?
1: Um, it's big fat hypothetical. uh, uh <laughs> And according to that story time, she doesn't plan to be pregnant for a while. She said she's, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard a 19-year-old say, she says that she's accepted that the universe wants her to be single right now.
2: Well, you and me both, Jojo.
1: Honestly, all three of us yeah. together with Jojo. <laughs> so that's what's happening with Miss Joelle. She's not pregnant. It seemed unlikely from the beginning that she was.
2: <laughs> no one can be straightforward anymore. You know, everything has to be some weird shrouded mystery that eventually ends up getting someone canceled or mobbed.
1: Which leads us to our last question. Oh, boy. Are you ready? I'm I'm ready. ready? All right, let's go. Buckle in. Yeah. Strap in. A listener asked, what is a Leocor and why is it being dragged? (laughs) Because we are back in the cycles of cancellation. Before we start, I'm going to answer the question that anyone over the age of 24 probably has. And no, again. This has literally nothing to do with singer and icon Aaliyah, rest in peace.
2: Uh, go stream her albums now that you finally can stream her albums.
1: Why did that take so long? We know why, but mm-hmm. goddamn, that took so long. So long. But we're back to Aaliyah of the current generation. Aaliyah core is referring to a style that was popularized by yet another 19-year-old. Her name is Aaliyah Ba, better known as Aaliyah's interlude on TikTok, where she has more than 2.5 million followers. The hashtag dedicated to her style, appropriately, hashtag AaliyahCore, has over 185 million views as of the time of recording. So what exactly is a It's hard to describe because it's a bunch of different things kind of put together. It's got like some alternative and then kind of like a splash of Y2K and then you throw in like some Harujuku in there. Um, it doesn't really help if you don't know what any of those things mean. <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of give you what an Aaliyah outfit would usually look like. What do you need for it? You need a mini skirt. The many are the better. If you can't do a mini skirt, low-rise jeans, but they have to be low-rise. If you cannot see your belly button, you're not doing it correctly. Then we have the top, which is usually some sort of fishnets, as in you cut up some fishnets and you use them as sleeves that are then layered under some sort of crop top. The midriff is a huge part of a leocor, as are belts. Belts as in multiple. You have to have multiple belts on. They can be studded or chained. Do what you want here. You just got to do multiple. Then you got to add a little garter onto one of your thighs. Not optional either. And finally, we have the shoes. Aaliyah loves her some moon boots, which are a specific brand that are pretty self-explanatory. They look like the shoes that astronauts wear. She loves them so much that she has worn moon boots on a beach, which has gotten her some backlash, which we will discuss later. But before we do that, I need to show you what Aaliyah Core looks like. So here's one of Aaliyah's most popular videos demonstrating Aaliyah Core on a man. I picked this specifically for you, Tish. Right, right, I'm
2: ready. I'm
3: back on another video, and today we're doing Aaliyah Core for men. Y'all ask and I deliver. So today we have a man. Hey
2: guys, my name is Sajlee. Lee. I'm an artist from Atlanta, and I'm ready to be styled on Aaliyah Core.
3: As y'all know, my style is very feminine. So this is kind of going to be a like a task for me. So let's just see what we can come up with. As always, even if it's a man or a woman, we're always going to put fishnets in the video. So I'm going to ask him to put fishnets underneath this plain black shirt that he has.
1: And it continues. Wow. That is Aaliyah Core. How do you feel about it?
2: Well, one, it's a very rigid uh, setup there. You know, there, there's some very specific <laughs> rules. Uh, there I, are. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Two. Almost positive I've seen this style out and about in the wild. Not just on the internet, but like IRL. And three, it's pretty powerful when you can re-monopolize the one name, Aaliyah, for yourself in Aaliyah core. I bow down. I really do. And you
1: know who else is bowing down? Who? Lizzo.
2: Oh! Lizzo.
1: Collab with Aaliyah. So here's Aaliyah styling Lizzo.
3: What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? It's Aaliyah's Interlude, and I'm back at it again. And guess who I'm styling in Aaliyah's car today? It's Lizzo, G- And also the G- I G- to the Z-C-O. No, this is the leotard, so we gotta use some fishnets. So we're gonna do a red fishnet on one arm and a white one on the other. And we're using this Yidi set that's just gonna look so incredible. And then Lizzo has Yiddie on too, like- Period. I got the nearly naked in the new color peacock. Yes, get into
1: it, y'all. This is also an ad for Lizzo's brand, Giddy. As everything is these days. But the fact that she's doing an ad with Lizzo herself fair to say, Aaliyah's blowing up. That is a level of fame that most influencers don't reach so quickly. She was also recently profiled in paper magazine in a nylon. But we have to answer the second part of this question. We now know what is Aaliyah Core. Now we need to know, why do people hate it? Well, there are haters in the world. That's basically <laughs> it. Some of those haters and losers are just unimaginative people who drag her for her style. Some of the hating is... Unfortunately, self-inflicted by Miss Aaliyah herself. Again, she's 19. Her brain is not fully developed. Like, let's calm down. (laughs) But on March 31st, a tweet about Dominico's fall-winter collection went viral on Twitter. For those who don't know, Dominico is a luxury brand that's been around since, like, 2016. They've been doing Harajuku-style collections since at least 2019. So when their fall-winter collection dropped, anyone who kept up with them would not have been surprised when it included Big buzzy boots and mini skirts, or things that look like Aaliyah core. So then Aaliyah tweets, They should have just asked me to model. Like, which all her fans then sounded off in the comments, like, This is insane. They need to run in your money. Another proof that black women are the standard, not them stealing your shit bar for bar. This obviously led to people who are familiar with Dominico to be like, Sweetie, no. That's not what's happening here.
2: <laughs> My goodness. I mean, yeah. When you initially just described um, a leocore to me, it's like, oh, so this is another like quasi retro trend, both uh, going back to you know turn of the century, and I mean our Juku, we're, we're we're talking like the early Nikki stand days, right? So we're we're just combining a lot of that together.
1: Yes, we are. Um, when Aaliyah Core becomes its own thing, it's like, ooh, maybe there are other things that came before it. Right. (laughs) Aaliyah responds, regardless if I created the style or not, to deny my influence is just some Hayden-ass shit. Which, I honestly think is fair for her to say. (laughs) Again, she's 19. That Dominico tweet was not uh, the best thing she could have done, but when Aaliyah actually talks about her influencers she's very open about who they are. She's like it's Harajuku, it's like Y2K like I didn't create this. And I think there is something to be said for popularizing an aesthetic, especially an aesthetic that doesn't normally include dark skinned black girls, which Aaliyah is. It's this weird middle ground of like a lot of people now know about this who didn't know about it before, but also you didn't make this. And it's dicey.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like for any creative creator who especially if you're young especially if you're a woman or gender non-binary and especially if you're um, a person of color like you do kind of always have to watch your back for people trying to I'm gonna sound 80 years old now but trying to jack your style right but yes I think we run up against the problem again where assumptions are made super hastily and then mm-hmm. everything becomes a new brigade and it really ends up helping no one.
1: You said the word brigade. Yeah. <laughs> so I also have to introduce you to the people who are uh, maybe making things worse for Leah, which are her fans. Unfortunately, unfortunately for her, she has a mini rider dies, which means literally anytime someone wears fur or fishnets, or a miniskirt. You've got people in the comments saying, that's Aaliyah core, which then leads to this perception that is claiming she's the one and only. It raises this weird tension of what to do with fandoms whose overzealousness ends up kind of souring observers on the object of their fandom, where it's not quite Aaliyah's fault. I mean, that Dominico tweet was definitely Aaliyah's fault, but largely, I would say it's mostly not Aaliyah's fault. But now, Aaliyah for a lot of people, is tainted. And that sucks. All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a mailbag. If you want to send in any questions for our next mailbag, you can send them to our Twitter inbox at Icymy or our email inbox at Icymyaslate.com. And while you're, you know, clicking around, leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. It really does help people find the show. And you'll also get to drown out the voices of all my haters. And why wouldn't you want to do that?
2: IcyYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks and Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online.
1: Or in the back of
2: someone else's...